0: the silver screen. Welcome back listeners to the third installment in my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie review series. Today I am reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. This is your host Corbin. If you have missed the previous two reviews, which are quite a doozy, the first one was a Nostalgia Trip, the next one was... You'll have to go listen to it. Those are linked below. And if you missed your guide to this film, the production, we've got a new crew, we've got Corey Feldman coming back, we've got critics. Critics were just mediocre on this movie, which kind of shocks me, but nevertheless, all of that is in your guide to TMNT 3. That's the first link below. Go ahead and check that out. And while you're down there, we've got timestamps. If you're ready to jump straight into the review, or if you're just curious what I thought of this movie in conclusion, you can jump straight to that as well. All of our social links where you can follow us, you can pick where to listen to this podcast. If you want to switch platforms and a curated list of episodes, I think you'll like to listen to after this one, all of that can be found down below. And don't forget to click subscribe. Don't forget to click like. Don't forget to share no matter where you're at. We love talking about movies and we love talking about them with you. You are not going to want to miss next week's review also. So just another reason to subscribe. So if this was 1993, I saw the first film. I quite enjoyed it. The second film I was lukewarm on. If I was a kid in 93, would I want to go see this one? It depends. If I had been able to see some of the Back to the Future movies by this point, I definitely would not have been allowed to watch Terminator. Maybe I could have caught Back to the Future on TV, saw an edited version. I probably may have been more curious to see this. I think if I hadn't been allowed to see the Back to the Future films, then I definitely would have went to go see this because all of these big your all of these hot franchises are doing time travel. So Why shouldn't the turtles do time travel as well? Well, this is my opportunity to jump on the time travel bandwagon and get to see it as a kid. Looking at it as an adult, I definitely would not go see this movie in theaters. Maybe just maybe if it came to a streaming platform, I might give it a try. I couldn't guarantee I'd sit through the whole thing, but I don't think this trailer really is any good. It really tries to build this movie up to more than it actually is. So just like with the last film, this is my first time seeing this movie. I saw the first film many times. The second film was new to me. This one's new to me as well. If you haven't seen this film and you want to watch it, you don't want it spoiled for you. Go ahead and click pause right now. We are going to be getting into all of the juicy spoilers. It is streaming on HBO Max for now as of the time of this recording. So go ahead and check it out. Come back and click play here in the podcast and we'll be ready to talk about it. Here is your 32nd plot or less. April O'Neil buys an antique time travel device that transports her and the turtles back 390 years to feudal Japan. They must stop not only Japanese daimyo, but also the nefarious Englishman. Of course, they save the day and return to their own time period. That is literally the plot of the film. Yeah, it has... Very little tension, nearly no surprises whatsoever. It is just the most straightforward, unenticing plot put to screen, pretty much. I was surprised with the way this filmed opened. It opens 390 years in the past in feudal Japan. And then it flashes forward to the Turtles, you know, swinging their weapons around over the title screen, which looks completely awful. I'm I'm getting horrible flashes to Superman 4. Glad to see their weapons are more prominently featured because those were quietly put away in the last film. But I did find it a unique choice, at the very least, I guess, to switch back and forth between these two time periods. The Japan stuff does start with somewhat of an intrigue, somewhat of an excitement. There's, you know, family struggles. There's, you know, different cultures clashing, a forbidden love story. Okay, I, I can go with it. But I can't go with the stupid choreography of these turtles. It is so bad. Um, Watching them dance around on screen does not get me excited. I'm not a little kid jumping up and down in my seat. And I can already tell the effects will not be as good. And, And they don't. They don't hold up to what Jim Henson, Creature Shop, was really able to achieve in the first one and more or less in the second one. The turtles, I just don't think they look good. Splinter sounds bad. There is a new voice actor for Splinter as well. He sounds, sounds like he's got lung cancer or something. It's really bad. Paige Turco's haircut is bad. I'm really worried about the opening of this film setting the wrong tone for the rest of this, you know, 80 plus minutes because, you know, I'm probably not sticking around for the credits. And the funny thing is, when I watched this movie, I didn't know Corey Feldman was back voicing Donatello I thought they got an impeccable voice impersonator. I really did. But no, it's Corey Feldman back. He's, you know, given it, it all, does perfectly fine. Um, there is one so bad, it's good moment. Watching these turtles in their big, you know, foam rubber outfits right around on horseback just looks completely ridiculous, but it's, it's kind of fun. Now, I was excited to see Casey Jones was back. He was kind of this Robert De Niro almost taxi driver-esque incorporation into the first film. He even is playing a double part, which is something Back to the Future 3 did as well. I gotta say, I am shaking my head though, because his double part, he plays Wit, you know, 300 years in the past. He's a completely useless character that does absolutely nothing. And then his character in the present does nothing as well. I like the way Stewart put it in Now Playing's review for this film. Casey Jones is completely neutered in this. He has really no action, nothing of consequence to do. Him and Master Splinter babysit for, you know, out of fish, out of water, out of time. Japanese guys, they just babysit him and get to teach them about, you know, the new world and new technology. It's completely uninteresting. I wish I could just skip over those parts. Sadly, the whole time travel premise is utter nonsense. They're they're not even going to try to explain how this works, why they have to, you know, hold what looks to be the top half of a lamppost. And somehow they both say these magic words at the same time. They go back in time. It makes very little sense. I feel like we're not even in the same series of films anymore because the just the whole premise of this movie is so wildly different than anything they were going with. The second film was a quasi remake of the first. This really is its own thing. Unfortunately, it's mostly just a bloated, you know, 30 minute morning cartoon. I mean, 30 minutes in, I'm ready to take a nap. This movie is putting me to sleep. The action's not any good either, which probably would have been this film's only saving grace. They can't even figure out how to stage the action very well. This movie also does play to the lowest common denominator. Just these cartoon clown noises. This is just, (laughs) this really is for, you know, five or six year olds probably. And the vistas, I heard this was actually filmed in Oklahoma, so not Japan. The backgrounds look okay. It provides a bit of a different aesthetic, a different thing than turtles running around the grimy New York City. Now, being an adult, I can't overlook the fact that these Japanese people speak English fluently. Of course, it's utterly ridiculous. I think the turtles are obnoxious in this film. Gosh, there's just so much comedy in this movie that's truly awful. There's like a Clint Eastwood impersonation. I really don't like how these turtles are like riffing on modern pop culture that people at the time would get. They're still trying to make it work. It it just doesn't feel good. I mean, they even do like a Humphrey Bogart stuff in different movies. It's weird. The biggest head scratcher I'm left with is that the turtles, you know, 500 to 1,000 years prior existed and defeated this guy's ancestors. That's why they had this scroll, almost like this prophecy that these turtles would return to defeat them once again. Unfortunately, this is never explained in the movie. I have a feeling, I'll go ahead and just say it right now. My feeling is that this was setting up a fourth film where one of the turtles would be stuck back in time, or they all four would go back even farther in time, and there would be some more time travel misadventures and whatnot. The ending of this film really does set you up for something of the kind. And then they just kind of wash it all away and all's well, that's ends. Well, I'm really shocked. They don't go with that kind of cliffhanger ending. Maybe they s- just said, this is kind of our last ditch effort. We may not be coming back for a fourth film. Anyways, this has just kind of been a disaster so far. It's very, very confusing. And it's unfortunate. We don't get explained why turtles existed a thousand years before that. Oh, well. Sadly, there are also no character arcs here really whatsoever. And of course, I've already brought it up. They seem to have ditched um, completely copying the Karate Kid films. And now they're going with Back to the Future movies, especially Part 3. Terminator also was a big time travel movie at that time. TMNT 3 is an uninspired knockoff time travel story, completely abandoning anything built up in the previous two installments This third entry continues the trend of cribbing off more well-regarded properties. There's nothing here to keep my attention. I get it. It's a kid's film, so it shouldn't be too intense, but the stakes are few and far between. Not to mention the film creates more questions than it answers. Honestly, I really can't imagine many children enjoying this film from start to finish. Sadly, this entire trilogy really has been a complete wash. TMNT, 3 at Turtles in Time, receives 1 star out of 10 with my strongest of not recommends. Would I add this one to my collection if I hadn't already? No, I would never add this one to my collection. A couple years ago at Dollar Tree, I did pick it up on Blu-ray. So it's in my collection. I'm not going to get rid of it. Now that I've got the movies, I'll go ahead and keep the trilogy now that I've got it. So just in case you were wondering, my order for these films is one, two, three, straight down the line, two and this one are very, very close, but I probably would opt for that more because it does provide a little bit more interest and excitement with the new creatures. We've got David Warner in here. Uh, I do like the new karate kid type uh, guy in it, even though he's not in there very much. Super Shredder's fun to see. This just offers nearly nothing. This is just an incredibly bland. Now, this, this movie is just rotten. Just get it out of your fridge. Don't even eat it. So I think this is probably so far the lowest rated trilogy of movies I've ever reviewed. I have the trilogy at an average score of 2 out of 10. So a, a very, very strong not recommend for this entire trilogy. If you have to check out one of these movies from the 90s, Let it be the first one. I can see some people actually enjoying that one. I enjoyed it for many years as a kid. As an adult doesn't really do it for me, but it's easily the best of the trilogy. Uh, This trilogy was surprisingly very, very bad. So some other movie recommendations I have for you back to the future part three. Check that one out. Also going to be recommending Army of Darkness. It's a very fun time travel movie also. Timeline uh, with Gerard Butler and Paul Walker is actually kind of a fun movie. Star Trek First Contact is actually one of my favorite Star Trek movies. There's also a would-be Goldberg time travel movie where she goes back to, you know, she goes back to Lance Lancelot and Camelot and King Arthur's Day and Meets Merlin. It I enjoyed it as a kid. I have not seen it in many years, so it probably doesn't hold up as an adult. If you're looking for something, you know, more kid-themed time travel from the 90s, check out that uh, Whoopi Goldberg time travel movie. So it should be no surprise that, of course, they were thinking maybe we can do a fourth one. It was going to be supposedly entitled TMNT for The Foot Walks again. Uh, There was an early draft by Craig Shapiro and John Travis. Uh, Peter Laird has also released concept designs for a version which he says would have been titled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the Next Mutation. Now, the next mutation was adapted into a live action television series of the same title by Sabin Entertainment that lasted from 1997 to 1998. That's a bit of a misnomer. It's only one season. It's only 26 episodes. You can see it was about four years Uh, of a resting period before they tried to put this back on TV. It is actually a direct continuation of this film trilogy. They do encounter a fifth turtle, Venus de Milo, who is a woman. She was the lost fifth turtle that splinter forgot down in the sewer, I guess. I've not seen any of the episodes. I've seen the commercial for it, and it looks completely awful. It looks horrible. Surprisingly, Playmates catalog didn't indicate there would be a fourth film coming in 1996. But of course, that never happened. So finally, in 2007, a CGI animated film was released that is just called TMNT. They shortened it to make it more exciting, probably a little bit more edgy for, you know, the late 2000s. So it was a whopping 14 years and four days. Yes, the TMNT continues the March trend release date. Just in case you're wondering, that's over 5,000 days, over 170 months. It was an extremely long time before the Turtles returned to the big screen. And they did in a non-live action way, which was probably the smart thing to do. Well, listeners, the question after the show Is this still a fun time travel adventure or just a cheap knockoff riding the coattails of the time travel trend? You clearly know my opinion, but I want to know yours. Some people think this is better than the second. Some people say this may actually be the most fun you can have of the entire trilogy. I'm clearly not one of those people, but if you are, let me know. And if you're not, let me know as well i'm curious email me your answer silver screen guide 95 at gmail.com or comment wherever you're listening i'm curious to read some responses thank you listeners for joining me on my third entry that wraps it up for the 90s installments we will be moving on to the next millennium next week i did actually see that one in theaters with my family and friends curious to see how it holds up all these years later because at this point It's been about 15 years since I saw this movie. I believe I only saw it in theaters. Maybe I caught it on like Cartoon Network or something, you know, a few months later the following year. I don't remember, but I'm hoping this one will be just as good. And if I do remember correctly, this TMNT is technically actually the fourth film in the franchise. I forgot to mention that this does follow in continuity, I believe with these original three films so curious to see how much continuity will be held up but we're going to find that out next week so you're not going to want to miss that if you haven't already make sure to click subscribe and i will see you next week for tmnt